What's up, everybody? And welcome to the Promenade Merchants Podcast. Promenade Merchants Strong. I'm David Majors. I am joined by my fantastic co-host for the 78th time, the fantastic Heather Kirby. Hello, Heather. Hello, David. Welcome to November. Yeah. November in the Midwest. (laughs) Do do you know up here in Michigan, and I'm sure it was the same in Ohio, and this is kind of fairly common practice, there was actually snow forecasted all over the place in Michigan for Halloween. Uh, but you know, it, 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 there wasn't actually snow forecasted here, but it did flurry. (laughs) I didn't see it myself. My, like my, my, my crew at work told me they saw snow flurries, but then like this weekend, it was like 60 degrees and really nice out. (laughs) (laughs) It was about 50 here, but yeah, now that the sun is going to be going down at five o'clock. That's just going to make things even worse. So best wishes to everyone out there as the seasons change. If you're in a particularly temperate climate, best wishes to you all. But we're going to talk about Star Trek to lift our moves and fight off the seasonal affective disorder. And we've got some Star Trek to talk about. We're going to talk about Lower Decks a little bit later. We'll talk about uh, my issues with Paramount Plus and... Uh, we'll talk about some Lower Decks stuff, like some Funko Pops, maybe. Uh, but to start off the show, we'll start with the old business, as we often do, where we cover some stuff that is in the legacy side of Star Trek, which is from the cage up to and including the Kelvin movies. So I was thinking, with the season finale of Lower Decks and the two-parter that just aired, we saw the return of Nick Locarno of Nova Squadron and the Nova Squadron that he was a part of. And it made me think about how Lower Decks is able to tap into these deep, deep parts of Star Trek lore and Star Trek history. And I wanted to ask you, Heather, and I wanted to ask everybody out there that might be listening. Please let us know. Heather, if there is something in a future episode of Lower Decks from Star Trek's history that you would like to see brought up in Lower Decks, what would it be? Okay, so um, I went with my first automatic gut reaction at this question and it's something that might be slightly controversial um i think it's something that lower decks could do better than any of the live action ones could do um and i think it's something that uh they would do right and they would do an honor to the person who originally played the character and that is um, whatever rank he would currently be in the Lower Decks era, I am guessing probably a commander or captain, and that would be Nog. Nog, okay. That's a great choice. That is a great, great choice. Um, Which show was it that had the USS Nog? Was it Discovery? Um, I, well, it, 
was it the USS Nog or was it the USS Eisenberg? I believe it was the USS Nog. Let me double check. Yes, it was the USS Nog. Okay. Uh, and I feel it was like somebody on... had a US, USS Eisenberg as well. Uh, no, he, here it is. Uh, I'm looking at it. It was the USS Nog, and it was an Eisenberg-class starship. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was from the Discovery episode, Die Trying, from Season 3. Okay. I, I, I just... Um... And like I said, I know this might be a little bit controversial because obviously Aaron Eisenberg cannot voice him, but in voice acting, a lot of times there's, there's a lot of wonderful voice actors that are trained to imitate that voice and do it in a way that is such a service to the original person. And so I think if you were going to bring back Nog in a way that that would be just a wonderful tribute to Aaron and the character. Um, it, it, it should be in lower decks um, because it's a way to do it where you can recast him and still have him sound like the same character. And so I, 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 I don't even have like a story mapped out as to how they would do it, but I, I would love to see Nog in lower decks. Yeah. Uh, I can even tell you that there is precedence for this uh, because there is a fantastic voice actor uh, named Peter Michael uh, who was the voice of Spock in Star Trek Resurgence, uh, the the video game. Uh, And he was phenomenal as Spock. It sounded so much like Leonard Nimoy portraying Spock that it was just exceptional um it was one of the real surprises of that game when I played it so there is definitely a precedent for it and I wouldn't be surprised if they could find a voice actor that could play that role um I I think it's possible and I think that's a really really good choice I think that's a really good choice um, with the way you were describing it, I thought you were going to say someone else until you said Nog. And this is the first choice that I had. And no, everyone, I, I just want to say for the record, I'm letting my hopes and dreams of seeing Dr. Pulaski go. I, I am letting that go for good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm past it. The past is the past. We're letting it go. But the person I had in mind is someone that I think has tons of character development uh, and tons that the crew at Lower Decks could work with. I think they would definitely have a story to tell beyond just like a cameo from the actor. And that's Harry Kim. I really started thinking about it and I gravitated towards Voyager. Do I want Lana Torres? We already got Tom Paris. We're not going to see Chakotay. Seven of Nine's taken care of. The Doctor's taken care of. Harry Kim. We are long, long, long overdue for some kind of nod to Harry Kim. And I want to see him finally get promoted. (laughs) I, I want to see him with at least one extra pip on his collar. 
I want to hear about him getting promoted. I want to see the promotion ceremony, and hopefully it's Janeway putting the pip on his collar. <laughs> I, it's it's Harry Kim that I want. And if Mike McMahon loves Star Trek canon as much as he does, he should go big. Give me Harry Kim and promote Harry Kim. That's what I want. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I... <laughs> go big or go home, Heather. Go big or go home. Here's why I don't think you will see Harry Kim in Lower Decks is because it's just way too funny to keep joking about the fact how Harry Kim never got promoted. Okay? No, 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 no. I want to see Harry Kim get promoted uh, so bad. So it, it, it's way too funny for him to actually fulfill that that dream of anyone seeing Harry Kim get promoted in Lower Decks. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> A sorry. Harry Kim cameo. <laughs> maybe not the promotion. Maybe that's too much to ask. But a Harry Kim cameo well, is not too much to ask. Okay, okay. so here's, here's what you need. Harry Kim showing up with the extra pips and then uh, Mariner being like, oh, hey, it's Harry Kim. You finally got promoted. <laughs> that that would make me perfectly happy. I, I, I would accept that. I would accept it. Because it would just confirm that Harry Kim got promoted. And that's all I need. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Harry. <laughs> it's just too I, funny that you haven't gotten a promotion yet. We're I don't think I'm asking for a lot. I don't <laughs> think I'm asking for a lot. If not Harry Kim, give me Esri Dax. That, Something from Esri Dax. That was going to be my second choice. That was yeah, going to be There you go. Choice. There you go. Esri Dax. Yes. Esri. We, we can see Esri again for yes. sure. All right, let's jump into new business and talk about this season finale two-parter for season four, uh, episode nine, The Inner Fight. Now, this was the episode that they wanted to keep under wraps and keep locked down, no spoilers, nothing like that. And I think the, the big highlight of this episode... Uh, because there's a lot to talk about, was when we found out that the spaceship that we saw at the beginning of se of the season was not anyone from the Dominion. It was not the Breen. It was not a, a new alien species. It was the return of Nick Locarno from Nova Squadron. Uh, once again, voiced by Robert Duncan McNeil. As it should and, be. <laughs> as it should be. Uh, I People say him and Tom Paris look alike. I never saw it. I don't get it. Okay, uh, Boimler. <laughs> I, I don't see it. Th this episode had a lot going on because it started with the lower deckers worrying about Mariner's behavior because she's been very all over the place. And when we got into why this was happening, uh, ironically, this was inside another cave with a Klingon, wasn't it? This was in a cave. Yes. Well, there you go. Star Trek and caves. 
I bet they did that on purpose oh, just yeah. for this season. Oh, yeah. Uh, we find out that Mariner knew Nova Squadron at the Academy. And it's been bugging her for a long, long time how her good friend, Cito Jaxa, died. And this this was a pretty deep episode, in my opinion. It had a lot of deep storytelling and a lot of a lot of character development that I thought was really good. Yeah. <laughs> I I um I I don't uh I uh, I mean, okay, so this is probably just me, but I I appreciated the story and the the connection to Sito and Nova Squadron and everything, but uh I don't know, I was just kind of I w- I wasn't as excited as everyone else on the internet was about it. We'll just put it that way. I will agree with you. Um because Make no mistake, the Nick Locarno reveal was a huge surprise. But it felt like, to me, that it did that thing that I've talked about with Lower Decks a couple of times. And it feels like, it's no secret, Mike McMahon is a TNG superfan. We all know that. This is known. And... I think he really, really, really likes to dig into stuff from the next generation a lot. He really likes to do that. And there's a little part of me that's feeling like he does that maybe a little too much. Well, and uh, it, it's one of those things like I feel like it... it it works if it fits fits the situation, but he sometimes stretches it way too much to make it fit. Like, and I, the whole timeline of Mariner's career in Starfleet is just kind of fucks you in the head if you think about it too much. <laughs> How many years has she been in Starfleet? <laughs> like, right? Really? Like, so he even like. In this episode, we see that Mariner was clearly a younger cadet, while the rest of Nova Squadron were, like, seniors. But still, that's only, like, a four, maybe five-year difference, okay? And, like, Lower Decks is set a good, like, at least ten years out from TNG. Probably more. Yeah. So... I, I, 2381 from what i'm seeing 2381 which is well after tng yeah it, it's like i i get that mike mcmahon is a fan of tng and he wants to incorporate stuff like this into the story but he stretches things a little too far to reasonably comprehend and connect it to the story which was probably why i, I was just like yeah okay with the nova squadron and the the nick Lacarno connection here it, it it didn't really thrill me because it doesn't make a whole lot of freaking sense i 
completely get where you're coming from because when the reveal happened, I was kind of dumbfounded by it. Like, just genuinely like, huh? Nick Lacarno? And I just, I just couldn't believe that he pulled that more than anything. And it, it made me think the same thing you did, just Mariner's Starfleet career and the timeline and how many years has she been in Starfleet? She's been promoted and demoted and promoted and demoted. And she's seen all of these people that we all know uh, over the course of Star Trek's timeline. And I- I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. And it was a shock, but I wasn't excited for it, if that makes sense. I mean, I kind of, at, at, it didn't surprise me when he was revealed at the end of this first episode due to how they set it up during the episode. You know, like when, when they had uh, um, Rutherford and Freeman uh, go looking for Lacarno while the rest of them are distracting Mariner or whatever. Um, I kind of have a feeling Lacarno was going to show up by the end with Mariner. Like it, it was just, it, it, it didn't surprise me how the episode progressed as much as I wish it would have. <laughs> that that's, that's fair. I just, that's a deep cut. It's a really deep cut. And I guess I just didn't expect that, but I, I guess I should expect more and I hate using this word, fan service from Lower Decks uh, well, th- than I-, I originally thought. It, it's one of those things like Nick Lacarno showing up on Lower Decks makes complete sense when you think about it because of how much an inside joke Nick Lacarno is to Star Trek fans. Okay. I, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. they really chose Nick Lacarno to show up just for the simple fact in the the last episode for Rutherford to sit there and go, he looks a lot like Tom Paris. <laughs> that is the only fucking reason why oh. Nick Lacarno showed up in this episode. We all know that. <laughs> okay. That's the only reason to bring back this character was for someone to sit there and go, he looks a lot like Tom Paris. Is it bad of me? Am I a bad Trekkie for saying that was my favorite part of that episode? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, okay, so moving on to, what was the, the finale called? Old Old Friends, New Planets. Okay. Um... So everyone knows that Tendi is my favorite character on Lower Decks. So the whole ultimate plot of this finale with her going to her sister in order to get an Orion freighter or like warship to break through the thing and then her sister kind of tricking her to come back to the family because of it Um, I'm not a huge fan of. (laughs) I kind of hope there's a little bit of a payoff in the next season, especially because the look on her her face at the very end when they warped off, and and it's like she ultimately has some sort of plan in that. 
But I'm disappointed to see Tendi off the ship and off the crew. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that whole whole situation. Um, the one thing I did really appreciate in this episode was Mariner and her actions to not just go along with Locarno. And, like, in fact, she literally looks at him and is like, I barely know you. Like, <laughs> you barely talk to me at the Academy. Why did you choose me? <laughs> because she has such a reputation of being a rebel that he thought, like, she would automatically go along with him. And for her to be like, hell no, this guy's crazy. Don't listen to him. Um, Although, to be that- fair, that that's not totally without merit on Nick Locarno's part. No, it's not. But I love that character growth for Mariner. To not go along with him at all and just be like, nah, fuck that shit. I'm stealing the Genesis device. I'm getting the hell away from you. I love that character character growth for her. I really do. Agreed. Agreed. I think the thing that there were a couple of things from this episode that really got me excited. Number one was seeing the Mark Twain holodeck again. <laughs> There is nothing I love more in Star Trek that is something that is just unapologetically silly. And I do declare that the the Mark Twain holodeck bit has just become my new favorite thing. Because it's just so silly. Number two is four words. Acting Captain Bradward Boimler. When that happened, I just fist-pumped the air because for the first time, we got to see our boy Brad Boimler as an acting captain. The promotion to Lieutenant Junior Grade, our boy is growing up, and I love to see it. I'm I'm so rooting for Boimler, and that, that really made me so happy. And I'm looking forward to seeing him in season five because this whole season his story arc was really about him growing into becoming the starfleet officer he wants to become yeah and it felt like that moment was probably going to be a pivotal moment in his story so it really made me happy yeah definitely happy for um in the case of tendy i i i'm actually okay with how this ended for her because it tells me she's gonna have a big season five i feel like season five is gonna be really big for tendy um we have seen so much character and and backstory for tendy in the last couple of seasons that have just built so much. It's looking like she might even be like the main character of season five, if it's not Mariner. And to me, that's really, really interesting. She's off the ship for now. But as we know, with a Star Trek season finale, you know the next season premiere we'll probably be getting right back to that. So that makes me excited for season five. 
a lot of things in this finale really made me excited for season five. Uh, it made me excited to see what Boimler and Mariner are going to be like in season five. It made me really excited for Tendi in season five. I I feel like just a lot of this set up a lot of good things for the later season. And also to Lynn, who I've said several times is my favorite character on Lower Decks. I love to Lynn. Uh, she told Tendi that she was willing to be her science bestie. And that was just a, a conclusion to another kind of side story happening in Lower Decks where Tendi and Talen were growing a friendship. And I, I'm looking forward to going back to that in season five too. Well, how can she be her science bestie when she's not on the ship? <laughs> but That's why I'm looking forward to season five. But uh, Talyn did confirm she's not he- heading back to Vulcan anytime no, she's soon. Not. And no, she's not. No, she's not. She'll be sticking around on the Cerritos, which is great. she is a lower decker through and through, and and I love that because I love Talyn so so much. Uh, the episode from this season, Empathological Fallacies, was just the the episode of this season for me. Yeah, and I looked back on this season and I realized I liked it more than I thought I did. Uh, it had a lot of really good episodes and there were no episodes for me that I just felt were outright bad. There were a few that were kind of eh, but nothing that was just like eh, blech. So I... I liked season four of Lower Decks more than I realized. How about you, Heather? What did you think? Uh, like I said, Lower Decks is always hard for me to rate because it, it, it's in a whole, it's not one of my favorite Star Trek series, but I do love and appreciate it for what it is. And uh, I will say I really can't. Okay, wait a minute. Uh, well, there was maybe one or two episodes that I weren't a huge fan of. But that's about the same for every season of Lower Decks. So, yeah. They they all... There's... It didn't blow me away, but I don't expect it to blow me away. And... I appreciate it for what it is, and I do want to see where they go in season five. So... I, I am very, very interested in season five. I think that they put a lot of things in place that are going to make season five really, really interesting. And I really hope we see the Mark Twain holodeck again. <laughs> if if we see that again, I will never give Mike McMahon any shit about pulling stuff from TNG ever again. If If we see the Mark Twain holodeck one more time I, w- I won't even ask for more ds9 stuff i won't even ask about it <laughs> because that has become my new favorite thing we, we all need to find our own mark twain holodeck in, in in a way to find common ground yes yes we do all right so that is lower deck season four which leads us to the unfortunate reality that we are going to be without Star Trek 
for the foreseeable future with no real announcement of what's coming next or when. Yeah. So that kind of sucks. Um, I really wish we had a premiere date for Discovery Season 5, as that is most likely the thing that's coming next. Um, But we don't. (laughs) So that really sucks. But, you know, I think the timing works out well for us in this podcast, as it's November, and you get into the holiday season, and the shit gets busy, and... So uh, it, it, it's a good time to take a few extra weeks off. <laughs> I, I do not object to that. Um, I will say that we do have Prodigy to look forward to on Netflix. And everybody listening, your, your friendly neighborhood podcast, The Promenade Merchants here, is something of a good luck charm. Because... <laughs> We here have kind of a history with news and notes and announcements. So whenever we record an episode, we usually record Sunday evenings in the Eastern time. Usually, if there's news to happen, it will be either a day. That Monday, we'll hear some news. So... So I bet you on Monday we're going to have a season I will, five premiere day. I will be sending Heather a DM saying it happened again. Because this has happened so many times. It's happened with New York Comic Con. It happened with Discovery. I, I think it happened with Picard, I think. Like yeah. several times where I, yeah. we've recorded the podcast and we're talking about, oh, there's nothing going on. There's no news. And then the day after, we have stories to talk about. And of course, it's always the day after we record. So if news does come out and you're listening to this, you're welcome. And hopefully nobody listening to this podcast works with the Department of Temporal Corrections. And <laughs> comes, gives, comes giving us a, a hard time about any kind of temporal business because I, I don't want to deal with any of that. They'd have yeah. to find us first. That's right. Okay, now we'll move into upcoming business and then we'll get out of here. Uh, You had something for upcoming business uh, regarding some merchandise and some toys, Heather. Yes. So I am a huge Funko Pop person. Like I'm literally sitting there. My computer sits on my desk and the back wall of my desk is my Funko Pop collection, which is about two feet from the ceiling of my apartment right now. <laughs> There's about 40 pops there, almost 40. Okay. Um, I love Funko Pops and they announced this past week that they are making lower the lower decks characters into Funko Pops. Uh, so we are getting Mariner, Boimler, Rutherford, Tendi, and Badgie. Yes, Badgie. (laughs) As Funko Pops, which is amazing. So they're really... Tendi, she has a little science pad. Yeah. So uh, I I think the Lower Decks characters are the perfect characters to be turned into Funko Pops. It suits them and the animation style really well. And I look forward to buying them. 
Uh, what other Star Trek Funko Pops do you have? Uh, well, I don't actually have that many. Uh, I know there's TNG ones. I don't have any TNG ones. I have two uh, Kelvin Pops. I have Kirk and uh, Jayla from Star Trek Beyond. Mm-hmm. And then I have the two Star Trek Discovery Pops, which are Saru and Michael. Nice. Nice. The, these look great. Like, I've, I've never been a, a big buyer of Funko Pops, but these look pretty cool. These look very, very cool. And, hey, we're getting Star Trek merchandise. That's always a good thing. So, yeah, everybody, if you want this, buy it. Support the Star Trek. Yes. You know, do that. Okay. These actually look pretty cool. Now, Heather, I have a problem. And my problem is with Paramount+. And we were just talking about this last night because after season four of Lower Decks concluded, I was ready to cancel my subscription to Paramount+. Of course, in a last bit of desperation, they offered me two months free, which I still nearly canceled until Heather told me, eh, keep it. So I did. My issue with Paramount Plus is that it will work on my computer. It will work on my phone. But I have a 60-inch 4K smart TV. And I had no problems of any kind all the way up to Strange New Worlds Season 2. Never had a problem. But for some reason, over the last three or four months, on my TV, the Paramount Plus app will not stream anything. And it is frustrating beyond belief. Now, just so we're clear, my day job, I've been in IT and tech desktop support for about 20 years now. So yes... I did troubleshoot, I did look up on the Google, and I even reached out to Paramount Plus support about this. And all they told me was that it's a known issue that is apparently with Android smart TVs that there are some problems with the Paramount Plus app on Android smart TVs. It's infuriating. It is so infuriating because none of the other streaming apps I have on my TV have this problem. I can watch anything and everything else with no problem except Paramount+. Plus. On the rare occasion, it might be able to stream the NFL live, but more often than not, I cannot watch a single thing on the Paramount Plus app on my TV. And it, it's so... So frustrating. Yeah, I, I'm gonna tell you what, it doesn't work on my TV either. <laughs> like, but I, I got to the point, like, I just got a TV like a couple years ago, and I still don't use it that much because I wasn't used to having a TV. I was used to watching everything on my computer or on my phone. And I just kept doing it that way even after I got a TV. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you right now, the Paramount Plus app is shit on my TV too. So it's not just your TV. Um, 
I know my dad no. fights with the Paramount Plus app on his TV all the fucking time, too. So it and- is a known issue. But the problem is Paramount Plus needs to fucking fix the known issue, okay? Because <laughs> their app I'm- is shit. I-, I am dead serious when I say this. It's been about four months. And I even looked up the specific error I was getting on Twitter and in Google. And yeah, other people are having the exact same thing. And when I've tagged Paramount Plus, letting them know my frustrations, the the support account that they have, you know, a lot of these customer service accounts, they'll usually answer. Paramount Plus has just stopped answering entirely when it comes to android smart tvs and it's it's awful it's it's unacceptable and that's why i was so close to canceling because it just it shouldn't be like this it should not be like this if you want to be a major streaming app if you want to play with the big boys as i assume paramount and cbs wants to do fix your app yeah they fix your goddamn app they need to get their shit together on that. They really do. Because none of the other apps have that issue. Okay. So they, they really need to get their shit together on that. I mean, honestly, the first thing that I noticed when I bought this TV was how significantly great Star Trek Discovery looked in 4K. It was like night and day. And I can't even watch that now. Like, what are you doing? What are you even doing? Okay, I got that off my chest. I got that off my chest. I feel better now. If anyone else is having problems with the Paramount Plus app and and you've heard anything or have been told anything, please let me know on Twitter at CallMeDJM. Please let let me know if you've heard anything. Uh, I think that just about wraps it up for this episode heather i think that's all we've got yep that's all we've got well i do declare heather (laughs) uh miss kirby it has been a most auspicious pleasure and a privilege recording seven to eight episodes of this podcast in your person (laughs) i thank you you have my gratitude and my appreciation i do declare (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I can't do it. I can't do it. No. Well, then, until next time, everybody, please follow the podcast on the site formerly known as Twitter at promtrekpod.com. If you're on Blue Sky, it's the same. Uh, you can follow me there at Delta Juliet Mike, and Heather is everywhere at NerdyGal33. Uh, now, Miss Kirby, if you would please end the podcast with your outro referencing Miss Storm. <laughs> oh, chin up, tits out, and watch for the shoes.